This is NBA Sound System Live, featured on NBA.com sites around the world and archived on the NBA Sound System podcast feed, where you get your podcasts by searching NBA Sound System. Thank you for joining us. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, each with the handle at NBA Sound System, or visit us at NBASoundSystem.com for more. Now, NBA Sound System Live. NBA Sound System Live, up and running across the NBA Global Networks. Carlin Gay over here, Scott Rafferty over there. Scott, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. It's a uh, lot to be excited about right now. There's some good basketball going on. we got All-Star Weekend coming up, so uh, good stuff all around. How about you? Yeah, All-Star Weekend potentially coming up, and we'll get into that in a second. I, I'm doing well. I feel like we're at the point now in the NBA season where I think we've seen enough basketball to make educated guesses on what's actually happening on the court. I know there's uh, some teams that are overperforming, some teams that are underperforming. Um, we talked a little bit about that early in our in our first uh, a couple of weeks ago in our kind of hot takes right out of the gate. But now those uh, those hot takes don't have to be so hot anymore because there's enough basketball, there's enough tape out there, there's enough stats that I think we can kind of see where teams are trending and going in certain directions. I don't know what you think about it, but I think. This is a sweet spot for all 30 teams in the NBA because this is the only time or last remaining time, really, that you have all 30 teams that still have a glimmer of hope to maybe make the postseason. You can make an argument for all 30 teams, even the Timberwolves. You can make an argument for them to make the postseason. It's funny you say that, though, because I feel like this season has been. I don't know if it's chaos. Unpredictable, I think I would say. On a night-to-night basis, like teams will win by 20 one night and then get blown out by 20 the next night to the point where I really, there's so many teams I feel like I don't have a good grasp on. So I, I agree with you that we're kind of reaching that point where small sample size gets thrown out the window a little bit. But this season has just been so weird that there's still so much unknown to me. Yeah, and it's and it's happening real quick. It's only a 72-game season, folks. Uh, for most teams, there are around 50 games left in their NBA season. Um, it was reported by uh, ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski that uh, we might be having an all-star game or we're heading towards that. Uh, the league and the players' union uh, have been going back and forth on it, and it looks like uh, they're progressing towards an agreement that will see a March 7th all-star game and skills competition in Atlanta, Georgia. Um when you first uh, heard this, I, I think we always kind of knew that there was going to be all-stars selected this season. I don't know that we we were sure that there was going to be an, an all-star game. Um, I, I'm pretty excited about the, 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 the fact that we're going to have an all-star game. Um, I am a fan of just, you know, the, the celebration of the weekend itself. I, I think it's a good way for, uh, you know, fans to, to, to kind of, Take a step back and and really just appreciate great basketball. You have the best of the best of the best in the world come together and play in one game and stuff that dreams are made of. And and as a child and even now and as an adult, I I, I still find myself you know uh, you know being happy to see some of the greats play with each other in this sort of pickup game where you know the, the result really doesn't matter. Um, but but players kind of play hard and 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 we saw that last year. I think the last year. Um, ranks in my top three of, of all-star games that I've seen all time with the way that it ended um, with the uh, with the with the new rule put in place where um, what's the what's the rule called I, I, forget, I forget it's what, what its name is but it, the the rule where you reach a target score rather than getting to the end of uh, uh, of, of a score line so um, 
that is it's really something that uh you know, kind of changed the all-star game for me and it made it more competitive brought it back to the way that i used to see when i was a kid uh early 90s it felt like the all-star game was always competitive and we've gotten away from that a little bit but i think last year gave us hope again that we can see a competitive all-star game going forward it's the the elam ending isn't it elon yes that's it that's the elam, elam, elam score ending um the one that they used in the uh, the tbt and then also they actually used it in a pro league in, in canada uh at the cbl in canada used the elam ending um to decide their games and that made it interesting so uh hopefully we go back to that for the all-star game but y- your thoughts on uh just having the all-star game uh in march yeah, I mean, uh, like you said, the, the the way that last season's All Star Game went, you hope that there's a repeat because that was actually that was the first time in a long time that I remember watching an All Star Game and actually being excited. Um, and it felt like something was actually on the line with the the outcome of that game. Like everyone was playing hard. I'll never forget Carl Lowry drawing. I think it was two <laughs> charges in the fourth quarter of an All Star Game, which is the most Kyle Lowry thing to do. But uh, another element to this season is that you know, obviously health and safety protocols. You hope that everything can go along smoothly there. But mm-hmm. because the season is still so young, it's a shortened season, there are so many players who are in this mix to be an all-star this season. And I think when we get down to it, the starters, we're going to go through it. I'm sure we're going to agree on quite a lot of them. Um, but in the weeks to come, when you got, kind of go through those reserves, there's going to be at least two or three people in each conference, I think, that are going to be legitimate snubs, um, which one, speaks to the talent in the NBA right now, but two, it's just... I mean, that's just the way it goes when you're doing all-star voting this early. It feels like it's it's never been this early. So it, it, it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about our starters here in a second. But we do have to uh, we do have to mention that the league is is doing everything they can to try and make sure that this event is pulled off safely. Um, you know, they're going through every extent to do that, flying players in and out privately uh, to make sure and mitigate the risks of COVID nineteen. And also, the league and, and the union are coming together to try and use this platform uh, to benefit historically black colleges and universities, and also. Uh, a plan put in place to put together a COVID nineteen relief fund. So uh, all that is is they're under you know they're they're aware of some of the the risks. Uh, both sides are. I think they've weighed the pros and the cons here, and they think that there is uh, more pros to having the game. And as a fan, selfishly, I am excited to watch uh, the game. Normally, we, under normal circumstances, we'd actually be in Atlanta and, and covering the game, but I'm happy to do it safely from my apartment here in uh in charlotte north carolina so here we go let's talk about all-star starters as you mentioned it is because of the, the shortened season um you, you have kind of inflated stats across the board for a lot of players that you know would probably come back down to earth under normal circumstances when we're voting for all-stars we're only going to talk about the starters here but before we get into that i want to know what what in your because it was tough to pick i when i when i look mm. through my list i i kind of you know i had conversations in my head about two different guys at different places what was your criteria what did you put uh you know emphasis on to make sure that you were making the right decision with your five on both sides it's a good question because even filling mine out i kind of went back and forth on some some players i was using their player record oh sorry their team record as you know an argument for them whereas others that went out the window and it was all about their personal stats and just kind of the player they were i think ultimately i just went with my gut on you know who do i generally think are the 10 best players at based on the positions that you're allowed to pick from um and yeah i mean we'll, we'll get to it i i think there's probably 
six no-brainers, I think, mm. out of the 10 starters. And then there's four where you can make a case for at least one other person. So um, I don't know if that really answered your question. I feel like it's just a little bit of a mix of everything. Obviously, I, I did an MVP ladder a couple weeks ago. So when you're looking at the five players who made up that ladder, safe to assume that they're in this mix. So uh, a little bit of everything, I guess, is the answer. Four all-stars i think i threw and i and i did i threw out the records um mattering uh especially this early in the season because teams could turn it around uh and, and get into a, a better position by the end of the season i i think when i'm when you're when you're comparing the two when you have to vote for all-star starters versus voting for the all nba teams i think i lean more towards team success with the all nba teams if there's two players that you know have had great statistical years uh are on the you know borderline of whether or not to get into the all nba selection i would lean towards the team or the player that was on the team that had the better record for all stars especially this year i I think i'm throwing that out the window and just looking at him from a base how good are you performance um you know how, how how good have you been individually to be a starter when you're talking about reserves that's a different story but to just be a starter which is primarily a fan vote uh, i think the fans just want to see the best of the best play so that's the way i kind of approached it um and but if we were like i said if we were doing an all nba team uh mm-hmm. i think i would have looked at it a little differently than than the way that i had uh coming into it so let's get to it right away let's uh let's start in the east why don't we why don't we start in the east give me your east starting five you want starting five, all positions. So I guess we should say it's two guards and two front court, and three yes. front court players. Well, all right, okay. why don't we start with the front court? Because that's that's a, I okay. think that's where the more of the debate comes in. Really, I was going to say this is easy for me. This is this is three no brainers. So one of them <laughs> one of them goes to Kevin Durant. I don't right. think there's any surprises there. He's having arguably the greatest comeback season anyone's had coming off of that Achilles tear. He looks like the player that he was before. He's basically averaging. You know, 30, 30 points on a shade under 50, 40, 90. Um, he, he's just been incredible. And I, I think he, he's an easy one here. He's in that top five in the MVP discussion. Um, number two in the front court, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Look, his numbers are a little bit down compared to the last couple seasons. He's not going to win a third MVP award. He's still putting up MVP-like numbers. And he plays on a box team that has the second best wet record in the East right now. He's Giannis. Um, he's, he's one of the best two-way players, arguably the best two-way player in the league. So that's another easy one for me. And then finally, Joel Embiid, who is arguably the MVP to this point in the season. He's having a career year across the board. The Philadelphia 76ers have the best record in the Eastern Conference. He has missed some time. Um, I think he, he's missed a decent amount of games, which I don't know how much you value in this. To me, For me personally, I, I don't unless they're missing you know half their games or something like that. But he's just been so dominant on both ends of the court. The 76ers have been playing at a ridiculous level when he has been in the lineup. Um, so, yeah, that's to me, this is the easiest. It's, it's three no-brainers for those. I think we're uh, we're getting a, qu- a clean sweep there. I, I, I must have... Uh must have mixed my 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 front court to backcourt up because I think the backcourt is probably the uh, the more debatable. A little bit harder. Uh, yeah, a little bit harder. You're right. Um, I agree with you with Giannis. I, I think just to spend more time on Giannis, what he's doing right now. Um, again, for the third straight year, where the Bucks are in the, in the Eastern Conference, I know they're not having the 
start to the season that they, we've seen the last two years, but they're still in second place in the Eastern Conference as we talk right now. And 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 they have a legit chance of ending with the number one seed for the third straight year uh, in a row. Uh, and Giannis's play has not dropped off. It, it, I know his playoff uh, you know journeys haven't been what we've expected from the two-time MVP the last two runs, especially last year. They 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 definitely got smashed in that second round, and uh, I think most people are kind of waiting to see um, what Giannis is in the playoffs before they you know make a decision on whether or not this was a successful year for him and the Bucks. But let's not. I think those people are are, are discounting the regular season. Like it's still important to be a good regular season team. It puts you in a good position. It keeps you, especially in a year like this where you're not playing in a bubble. Home court advantage is going to matter, um, and and you you can see what Giannis is doing on the court I think he's starting to learn how to transform his game a little bit which I have been critical of especially in in the clutch situations I think you know not only just taking more threes but I think understanding uh when to take them and and being more willing to take them that's one but the second thing is being comfortable you know giving up the ball in meaningful moments when Middleton gets going and 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 Drew Holiday now he, he can trust his teammates to pull him through it doesn't only have to be him Look, at the end of the day, he's averaging 27 points, 11 rebounds, five assists, and a block a game. And there are only three other players in NBA history who have ever put up those numbers. They're Larry Bird once, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar once, DeMarcus Cousins once, and then Anson Cooper, who's on pace to do it for the third time in his career. So look, you put it all together, even if he's not playing quite at the standard that he was the last couple seasons, um, at least on a per-minute basis or anything like that, he is still one of the best players in the league. He's still an absolute two-way monster. Like you said, I think some of the adjustments that the Bucks are making in him personally should benefit them in the long run. Um, and, you know, I he's he's not again he's not going to win mvp this season but he, he's absolutely deserving to be an all-star starter there's no doubt about that in my mind who knows season's still young we don't we don't know we're not voting for mvp right now we're voting for all-star starters let's uh let's give Giannis, uh Embiid, and kevin durant the start the front court who's, who's in the back court? who's in the backcourt backcourt's a little trickier i i think the the one that i was most confident with out of the two is jalen brown um because he's okay. just been he, he's been he might be the front runner to most for most improved right now to be honest and he's improved every single year in his career but he's made that jump to a a, you know a star level player and and some of that is ridiculously hot shooting like I I don't have his exact numbers in front of me but when I put together a list of who I think should start in the all-star game a week ago he was shooting like 44% from three and 57% from mid-range on like legitimate volume which is completely unsustainable but you know, he's we're still, basing this he, on, by the way, it's hard to cut you off. He's still shooting 44% from three right now, and he's shooting 53% from the field, a true shooting percentage of 62%. So he's still he's still red hot. Yeah, he's still red hot. And again, like we're having these conversations, all-star voting only lasts, what, a couple more weeks? So you have to base this on how the player's played. And mm-hmm. while I do expect him to some of those numbers to regress as the season goes on, you got to give him credit for the way that he's playing right now. Uh, he's easily having the best season of his career. And I, and I think right now he's a pretty safe bet for that starting spot. For the other one, originally I had Bradley Beal, who is leading the league in scoring again this season. But as I wrote when I put this article together a week ago, I think James Harden is a threat to jump into that spot. And I really do think over the last two games since I've done that, I'm kind of leaning more towards James Harden. Okay. Part of me wanted to penalize him a little bit for the way that he started the season and obviously everything that went that happened with the Rockets. 
But it, it, it does feel weird to me to not have James Harden on there because he's absolutely one of the best guards in the Eastern Conference um, and, you know, a perennial MVP candidate. And he's having a great start with the Nets. It's been a little bit of a weird start. Um, they're still working things out, but he's putting up triple doubles, what it feels like on a nightly basis. And I, I, I think I would lean more towards him right now. So you say that James Harden is one of the most best guards in not only just the conference, but just in the NBA, which I agree. But is he playing right now like one of the best guards in the NBA for you to give him your vote? Look, I'm going to pull up his stats right now. Here's the thing. It's kind of like what we're saying with Giannis in that, you know, we've we've kind of become accustomed to James Harden averaging 35 points a night. Um, and leading the league in scoring. And he, he hasn't been doing that in Brooklyn. But since he's been there, it's been eight games now, he's averaging 24 points, 12 assists, eight rebounds, and one steal on really just under 50, 40, 90 shooting splits. Um, if anyone else was doing that, I, I feel like we'd be losing our minds right now. So uh, to me, I feel like, yes, he has done enough to, to warrant this spot. But, do you, I mean, it sounds like you disagree. Oh, I don't disagree. I just wanted to ask the question because I think some people will sit there and say to themselves, yes, he's one of the best players or the best guards in the league, but is he playing at that level, which you could make the argument for Jalen Brown, he's not the best, one of the best guards in the league right now. Well, he's he's in a conversation for being a top 10 guard maybe, but he's not one of the best. He's not. You're not going to put him at the, at the top of the list, but he is playing like one of the best guards in the league, and that's why I guess he gets your vote right now. My, my backcourt. Um, it starts with Trey Young. I don't know how you can leave Trey Young off the list, and I'll ask you that question in a second, but Trey Young uh, started last year, and we questioned that start for him because how poorly the Atlanta Hawks record was at the time. And now coming back this season, he's playing just as good as he was a year ago, and his his, his record now is, has followed him. You know, they're, they're sitting right now uh, at sixth in the East, a uh, 500 team, but they're still sixth in the East. They're going to they're gonna make the playoffs, um, you know, head and shoulders above that that 10th spot. So I, I think the Atlanta Hawks uh, have, have been, you know, terrific this season. Um, they're, they're right around right around where I thought they would be in the conference, and that's in large part to Trey Young. We were wondering how he would fit with or how he, the Hawks would introduce the talents that they went out and got um, and, and how that would affect Trey Young. Trey Young has been the same guy. But players around him have gotten better. We've seen Clint Capella kind of go on a, a tear. John Collins has had some moments. Uh, DeAndre uh, Hunters looked, you know, incredible this season, and that hasn't taken away from Trey Young's game. Those guys have been able to actually still, uh, you know, flourish playing alongside Trey Young. So that, to me, tells me more uh, about the way that Trey Young is 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 able to kind of, or, or players around him are able to kind of, uh, you know, reach their max potential. Even with Trey Young on the floor uh, and, and Trey Young still playing uh, at the level that he was, where he was an All Star starter a year ago, so so why did not why didn't Trey Young make your list? Well, it's going to be easy easier for me to answer that question if you tell me who your second guard is. Oh, my second guard uh, is James Harden. I, I'm with you on the James okay. Harden, and the reason why. Um, I, I I went with James Harden. I did flirt with Bradley Beal as well, but I mean the record. I, I said I wasn't going to look at the record, but when you're when you're talking about uh, you know James Harden and, and the way that the Brooklyn Nets have played with him, uh, I'm with you. Uh, you know he's averaging a double double. Um, we talk about the the rebounding and everything else, and he again. He's adapted his game so much uh, in in the eight games that he's played with both Kyrie and Kevin Durant, 
And the numbers, uh, he, he's just kind of uh, you know upped his numbers elsewhere. It, you know, the scoring's not there. Yes, he's not averaging the, the thirty-six points per game or anything like that. But he, he's 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 still effective. Uh, he, he's still being he's still able to to get downhill and get to his spots. Um, when you watch the games, uh, he, he's still playing at an all-star level. So I, I'm I'm giving James Harden the nod. Bradley Beal has been terrific. I think he he deserves a spot on the bench as a reserve. But to start, um, I, I I don't know. I, I could put him over Trey Young or or James Harden. Okay, that's fair. Um, for me, giving Jalen Brown the edge over Trey Young, both ends of the court matter, Colin. Uh, Jalen Brown, even though he's averaging, what is it, 27 points a game with the efficiency that he is, he's still a terrific defender. And I think, you know, you, you kind of just mentioned it with the record as well. The Boston Celtics are 10-8. and eight. They're ahead of the Hawks by a game in the Eastern Conference standings. They've had some health and safety protocol things um, with... Uh, um, Jason Tatum missing some time and Jalen Brown has just really stepped up for them and I I ultimately think he's one of the best two-way players in the league he's undoubtedly an all-star this season whether or not he's a starter remains to be seen but I think based on everything that we've seen right now to this point of this conversation I would just give Jalen Brown a little bit more of an edge than Trey Young for me fair enough I am with you and and Jalen Brown deserves to be on the team I just don't know if I could put him over uh Trey Young in terms of uh, starting. Trey Young's been terrific this season. I don't think there's a wrong answer there, though. Uh, you take it's, either player. It's, his uh, numbers are a little bit. Trey, Trey's numbers are a little bit down from last season, but he, I mean, he's still averaging twenty-seven and nine, um, shooting pretty well from every area of the court. So, yeah, you, you're picking hairs here, and I think we're going to be picking even more hairs when we get to the Western Conference guard. Backcourt. Keep in mind, though, those numbers are down because he does have extra talent and extra help, yeah. which he did not have uh, a season ago. All right, Western Conference. Let's move there. Front court in the Western Conference. Who do you have? All right, three more no-brainers. Let's get these out of the way. LeBron James, I feel like we don't even need to talk about him because it's just – it's LeBron. Uh, right. Nikola Jokic is the other one for me. That's another no-brainer. Again, he's arguably MVP of the league right now averaging just under a triple-double on the season. The Nuggets got off to a little bit of a slow start, even though that he got off to a hot start. But they've been one of the better teams in the league lately. They've been climbing up the Western Conference standings. And and Jokic is just unbelievable. And it, it's funny to me to think that last year, I mean, he, he got off to such a slow start last year he where did. people were really concerned about him. And then he kind of turned it up and had that postseason. He's, he's just been incredible in the postseason every year. But I, I actually wrote an article last year before the season for NBA.com about why I think he could win MVP that season. And it, it just looks like I was a year early on that because he's, <laughs> he's, he's hit the ground running. He's been uh, playing the best basketball's career. And it, it is funny that, you know, him and Embiid are kind of the, the front runners for MVP right now with, with LeBron. But there's been so much talk over the last, I want to say like five, 10 years about how the center position is, is kind of dead. And, and suddenly mm. we're looking at, you know, Embiid and Jokic kind of leading this MVP race. Um, as centers, and they're both doing it in very different ways. So Jokic is another no-brainer for me. And then the uh, third front-court spot goes to Kawhi Leonard, who it, it, it blows my mind that he's not getting talked about more in the MVP conversation because the Clippers right now have the best record in the Western Conference, and Kawhi is just having one of the best seasons of his career, averaging 25 points on 50-40-90 shooting splits, uh, he's averaging a career higher in assists. I wrote a story early in the season about how the Clippers have been kind of using him almost as their Kobe and, and Michael Jordan by using him more in the uh, pinch post and how that plays to his strengths as a not only a mid-range scorer but a passer. And he, he's just been terrific. And I really do think we kind of take him for granted at this point. Maybe after the season that the Clippers had and how they kind of, you know, 
ran out of steam in the playoffs. We're kind of just overlooking them right now. But yeah, they're, they're at the top of the Western Conference and Kawhi is playing arguably the best basketball of his career. So that's another no-brainer for me. Yeah, I'm with you on uh, all those three and spend a little more time on Kawhi. As you mentioned, uh, playing great basketball and playing every almost every day. He's only missed four yeah. of the uh, 21 games that the Clippers have had. Two of those games are due to the fact that he, he broke his face. <laughs> like he, yeah. he, he he couldn't he couldn't play. They, they, they got him a mask and he, he got back on the court. And uh, it's playing great basketball. And uh, to your Jokic point, I think people discount you know the the wear and tear that he had on his body. Uh, a year ago when you talk about the the run that he went on um, in the regular season and then deep into the playoffs they, they lost in that in that crucial game seven then he had to fly overseas and play for Serbia at the World Cup uh, in China and never really had any downtime to recover and I know this is a shortened off season but at least he was already you know he had that long break before the bubble which allowed him to to kind of get in shape and we saw the pictures of him skinny Jokic was you know trending all over the internet uh and, and then the, the short bubble season where he doesn't have the wear and tear of traveling everywhere and, and getting the things done that they got done in the bubble and then going back straight you know to to, to offseason workout where he was already in shape and picking back up where he left off to start this season so I, I think uh, as you mentioned, Jokic, um, you know, looks good. He's playing well. Uh, he deserves to start. And and I know there's going to be some, you know, pl- people out there that might vote for Anthony Davis just based on the name. Um, but I, I think you have to give to Jokic. I really do. Yeah, I don't think there's any debate there. Anthony Davis is great, but he's actually having like a little bit of a down season by his standards. I think, you know, he, he's still arguably a top five player in the league. But based on everything we've seen right now th- to this point in the season, it, it, it's easily Jokic for me. And, and one other note on Kawhi, by the way, you said he missed four games, two of which were because he got his face broken. I'm pretty sure the other two were for health and safety protocol reasons. So he really right. hasn't had a rest game yet. And I think he played his first back-to-back earlier in the season in <laughs> maybe two or three years, which right. was uh, which was pretty 2017, crazy. So, I believe it was the last yeah, time he did, he did there that. There you go. So, so he... Uh, yeah, it's been it's been a while, and Kawhi. Uh, this I think this is the season where you know I think people have speculated when can you give Kawhi MVP votes? When can you truly mm. say that he's a league MVP? The numbers are always there. The team success has always been there in the last two seasons, but he just the, the load management kind of held people back from voting for him. I don't think that that's going to be a case this year. I think if the the Clippers, who are right now in first place in the Western Conference, finish at that spot, I think Kawhi Leonard's going to get a lot of votes for MVP. I agree. I agree. And it's it's funny because if we were talking about MVP probably three weeks ago, we might have mentioned Paul George in that spot for the Clippers instead of Kawhi. But um, a- after he kind of settled back in after getting that face mask and everything, Kawhi's kind of just taken his game to another level. And I yeah. think, you know, there's no doubt he's the best player on that team. So, yeah, he's he's uh, he's been special. All right. Um, backcourt is, uh, I think, a little tougher. Um, this is where records maybe would come in in normal circumstances. What yep. do you have? Yeah, so that, that's when when you were talking about records beforehand, this is the, the debate that I thought that was going to factor into because really for me, and I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it's the case for you too, there are three players fighting for these two spots. Mm-hmm. Those three players are Damian Lillard, Stephen Curry, and Luka Doncic. Right. Ultimately for me right now, I went with Damian Lillard for one of those spots. Damian Lillard is... Damian Lillard, he's having another fantastic season. The Blazers have been one one of the most injury-ridden teams in the league, and they're still in that mix for a playoff spot. He's been incredible lately. He obviously hit that game winner against the Bulls the other night. Uh, he, he's he's just been incredible, and really his numbers across the board are just a hair better than Stephen Curry's. If you match them up, he's averaging a few more points, a few more assists. He he's been a little bit more efficient. So for me, he gets the edge over Steph for that spot. The other spot. 
I, I think I'm going with Luca. And, okay. and the Mavs have not been very good this season. They've been a bit of a disappointment. I think they're riding a what a, a six-game losing streak right now. They're 13th in the Western Conference. Luca himself even got off to a little bit of a slow start. I think there was some conversation about him potentially not being in the best of shape coming into the season. He's still averaging a near 30-point triple-double. And I really don't know if there's... There, there are very few players in the NBA who manipulate defenses like he does on a night-to-night basis, score the rate he does, pass the ball the way he does. And it, it just... It, it hurts me to not have Curry on this list because he's been so good this season. And really, he's the only positive offensive player on that Warriors team. And for them to be seventh in the Western Conference right now, two games above 500, is just a testament to him. And it's great to see him back doing the things that make Stephen Curry, you know, the greatest shooter of all time, one of the, the greatest players of all time. But I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I, I had a really hard, I, I think I had a tougher time uh, taking Luke off of this list than I did Curry. But uh, again, I, I think this is one where we're really splitting hairs here. Don't worry, because I'm going to put Steph on my list. Uh, I okay, agree with you go. with Dame Lillard. Um, I agree. Out of the three um, that I had trouble kind of placing, uh, I think I had the least amount of stress putting Dame Lillard in that spot. What he's doing right now is incredible. Uh, he's really coming, you know, he's really playing at the level that we saw uh, a season ago, not quite at the bubble level. The bubble level was insane. Um, bubble level was another level. He, he's he's not <laughs> he's not there. He's not there. But he is. You know, he, he was playing really good basketball leading into the bubble, and he was really starting to catch his stride before the shutdown a year ago. And I, I think he's right back at that level now. With, as with the injuries and everything going on with, with, with Portland, and they were a team that I was very high on coming into the season. They're still within striking distance of where I think that they are will they will end up, which is you know. Know, fourth or fifth in the Western Conference, um, and if Dame can keep him afloat from now until you know they get back healthy, it will be an incredible feat from him. But he, aside from that, the numbers are there. Like we're talking about a guy who, who's putting up big time numbers efficiently, all, the whole nine, and, and knocking down clutch shots. And I think that resonates in voters' minds when you're talking about moments. And he's had moments already in the the, the twenty games that they've played in the NBA season. He's played nineteen, so. Dame has my spot, and then Steph's on the other side. I think when you're talking about moments, like I just said, Steph has already had multiple moments this season where you know Luca's just had a, a nice year, and I don't want to discount what he's doing because it's still in, insane, especially for a 21-year-old. I don't want to discount that. A 21-year-old in his third season in the NBA, he's putting up incredible numbers, but I don't feel like Luca's had one of those games where he's taken over where he's become the topic of discussion the following day we haven't had that yet really with Luca and we have with Steph uh Steph obviously dropped that 62 point you know performance and not only that but he's had big games where he's come back at late in the fourth quarter leading the Warriors there's been multiple days where you've woken up the next morning and Steph was sort of leading that highlight run um and the numbers are there he's averaging 27 points the second most in his career um off of his uh you know 30 points that he led the league in his MVP year so Steph gets my vote. He, he's back to who he was, and I think it's going to be great to see the you know the Steph Curry back into not only just the All Star game, back into the starting lineup for the All Star game. It, it is hilarious to me because I, I I do agree with you on some of the Luca stuff, and that it doesn't feel like he's had like a big Luca moment. And you look at his box scores, 
I mean, he, he's dropped 33.16 rebounds, 11 assists, and a win over the Houston Rockets. He had 36.16 rebounds, 15 assists, and albeit a loss to the Chicago Bulls. He dropped 36, 11 rebounds, uh, sorry, 11 assists and 9 rebounds, and a win over the San Antonio Spurs. Like, I, I, I hear you, but I just wonder, one, how numb we've already become to, to Luka basically posting a 30-point triple-double, basically any time that he steps onto the court, with some numbers that we, have quite frankly, have never seen posted in an NBA game, NBA game before. And also, like, I do wonder how much we punish him for the Mavs based on the injuries that they've had, Paul Zingas getting off to a bit of a slow start, coming back from that injury, players not being available because of health and safety protocols. Like, he's been the only player who's been a constant for them this season. And I feel like it, that's one of the tricky things here is that, one, we've, we've kind of become numb to Luka just because, we, I mean, he was uh, the MVP favorite coming into the season. And then he got right. off to a little bit of a slow start. The Mavs haven't been very good. And I just wonder how much that takes away from it. And once you kind of remove that context, which I think, like we've kind of talked about, matters a little bit less in all-star voting compared to all-NBA voting. Uh, it's just, it's really hard for me to not have him on this list. Yeah, I mean, you got to pick one. And I, I just thought that, you know, Steph has has proven that not only he's coming back healthy, uh, he's playing in every game. He hasn't sat out yet, yep. um, knock on wood. And, you know, everything's been, you know, he's looked as good as he has in the past and i and i just have a tough time leaving him off of the all-star starters list when you when you when you're talking about three players i think luca's still an all-star i just don't know i can put him over steph as a as a starter this season and and that's us voting right now we still have two weeks of you know data that we could collect and before we make our final votes uh you know when voting does close but it's uh right now today i think steph curry has uh has proven to me that uh he is one of the you know five best uh, the, the best backcourt mate mm-hmm. other than Damian Lillard in the uh, in the in the all-star voting that's all I, I'm not mad at it as I said I was I was splitting heads I had a tough time kind of going through those three but for me it was it was, it was Lillard and, and Luca were the hardest ones to keep off of it um, although I did feel bad about Steph because like you said he, he's having a terrific season and again like he, he really is the only Andrew Wiggins has played well I want to give him some credit but like Steph Curry is just driving that offense every single night the amount of attention he draws there are a few players if any who kind of bend defenses the way he does as a shooter and how guys get open off of that so I mean I've said it before and I'll always say it the the NBA the league is in a better place when Steph Curry is playing healthy because he's just he's just so exciting to watch. He's special. It really is. Uh, some breaking news here for you, uh, Scott, for you to uh, react to. Um, we won't have uh, a, a rookie sophomore game or a rising stars game uh, this year if the All-Star Weekend does go through uh, as is being reported. But um, we, we've seen a good crop of rookies come through through so far and they've been pressed uh, there's going to be a story of yours uh, on nba.com that uh, you guys can read right now talking about anthony edwards who isn't really getting the hype um, that some of the other rookies are getting so i encourage everyone to go out there and read that one right now uh, on anthony edwards but uh, just announced rookie of the month for uh, the month of january uh, in the eastern conference lamella ball no surprise there and then the western conference tyrese halliburton from the kings uh, so what's your thoughts on those two players being named rookies of the month putting me on the spot that doesn't take uh comes a huge surprise to me i, I think lamello and tyree talbot have have been at the top of the rookie ladder since the start of the season both have just been kind of hit the ground running in very different ways um it feels like halibut and every time a king's game is close that he's he's making a big play or hitting a big shot so uh I, i'm not su- surprised about that and lamello obviously just got his first start i think it was last night uh, he, his his passing is as advertised. 
I, I'm more curious to hear your opinion on this. I, I'd like to know if you've kind of turned a page on, on Lamelo because I know you were not very high on him coming into the NBA, but he, he he's been good. He's been good so far. He has been. He's he's been way better than I expected. Um, I always I was like you. Uh, I, I did think that he was a, a an elite passer. I thought that was the one skill that um, you know translated to the NBA because it, it is really the one skill that I don't think anyone can teach. Um, the rest of his skill set I, I thought was below average uh, in, in some areas, especially defensively, in which he still has a long way to go. He's a rookie, and that's going to take some time. So I don't want to judge him on the twenty games we've seen him play so far in the league. But, uh, you know, the shooting is, is, is always going to be a topic of discussion. If he can't, you know, make shots uh, at, at a high clip, that's going to be tough for him to, to get to that next level. But if he is this player um, for, you know, for the rest of his career, like if he doesn't improve them from what he is right now, I mean, is it a success for a number two overall pick? Maybe. Um, but he's going to have a long career. That's the bottom line. He's not like he's going to be chased out of the league anytime soon. So um, he's exceeding my expectations, and my expectations for him were low coming into the year. I do think that Tyrese Halliburton is, is special. I, I really do. I think every time I watch him play, I say to myself, how did this guy slip as far as he did in the draft? And there's so many teams ahead of him that could have probably used him, mainly the New York Knicks. And, and, and by the way, you're talking to a, one of the biggest Emmanuel Quickly fans in, in, in the world right now now i uh, love me some quickly but it, halliburton just he just has a poise to him um and when he enters the game uh, behind the and fox or even when he's playing with fox you can just see the future is bright in sacramento in their backcourt you add in a buddy heel once they figure out once uh you know halliburton really figures out the game and once they figure out how to close games specifically because that's uh, i think an issue for them right now um, they're, they're going to be back in the playoffs, and, and they're going to be they're going to be a team that's going to have to dealt with. Uh, so if they could keep Bagley healthy, the future's bright for them. But really, when you look at Albert, and I think that is a huge pickup for them, uh, and, and one that uh, they'll be thanking, um, you know, the teams ahead of them in the draft that passed on him four years from now when they do, uh, you know, resign him to, to the big deal. I like the way you uh, mentioned Emmanuel quickly as the Knicks draft pick, by the way, because I know he's been their best rookie, but he was he was drafted with the 25th pick in the yeah. NBA draft, and it was Obi Toppin who they selected ahead of Tyrese Halliburton. So it, it, it is funny to me that, you know, it, it quickly is being talked about as the, the, the guy that the Knicks got in the in the draft um, as if he was their first selection. But but yeah, I mean, it, it, this this actually this rookie class has, has been pretty fun from the get-go, mm-hmm. and I think mm-hmm. they've been better than people were expecting. Um, I, I didn't watch a ton of these draft uh, th- these players in college, but I kind of expected, given the, such a short layoff between last season, this season, the condensed training camp, no summer league, all that, I thought guys were going to come in much rustier than they have. Um, and, and even beyond LaMelo Ball and Tyrese Halliburton, like you said, I think Anthony Edwards, his numbers aren't great. Um, his, his shooting numbers, actually, he's one, basically been one of the least efficient scorers in the league this season. But I think when you watch him, it, it's so clear to see his potential. And I'm excited to see kind of how he adds to that. James Wiseman has, ha- has had moments with the Warriors. It's been fun seeing him kind of put it all together. Um, and, and the list goes on. There's other guys. Cole Anthony has had some moments. I like Isaiah Stewart with the Pistons. He, he's, he's had some moments. Precious Achua on the Heat. Like mm. th- This has been a, a better draft class, I feel like, than it was advertised. 
Yeah, if you're a league pass junkie like the two of us are, um, you, you know, tune into the to the uh, to Cavaliers. They're playing good basketball lately, and uh, Isaac Okoro is uh, yeah. a guy that's playing. I think thirty five minutes per game for them. He's playing a lot of minutes for them, and uh, he's doing it well as their main defensive stopper. Like he's had to guard LeBron James while LeBron James is hot, going for six or forty six on them uh, in a game, and he he really has taken on the challenge of being the defensive stopper. And it's interesting because that's what he was talking about in all of his draft uh, Zoom calls uh, with the media. And, and anyone, I, I sat in on two of his calls, and every single time, uh, you know, there was a question asked, it, it always went back to defense. And, you know, he, he's proven it. He, he's come into the league and, you know, 16 games into his career shown that he, he can defend at a high level and he can only get better. Uh, so I, I like me some Okoro and uh, Patrick Williams as well. I think a lot of people were down on him. Even our own, uh, I got to call him out, even our own Kyle Irving at NBA.com <laughs> had, had uh, not so nice things to say about him, but he's uh, he's impressed to number one, number four overall pick for the Chicago Bulls. So um, I, the, the one guy uh, I, I do want to see play is, uh, is for the Hawks for uh, Aneka Kongu. Um, yep. There was a lot of people that compared him to Bam Adebayo. He's only played five games and, and really hasn't really shown much, but once he gets going uh i can't wait to see what he develops into if he's anything like bam uh the hawks really have something down in atlanta i i'm worried that we've talked this much about this rookie class and you haven't uh brought up pokoshevsky yet i was gonna I say he, poku is my guy <laughs> i know he's your guy and uh just for the record he still has not attempted a free throw in 296 <laughs> minutes so that, that's one of my favorite stats to kind of keep track of uh he, he's yet to get to the free throw line and he's shooting a, a robust 25 percent from the field but <laughs> Poku is he's another one if, if you're in league pass and the thunder are playing his numbers are atrocious but he, he's a joy to watch just because he, he he'll, he'll take anything he, he will take any three-pointer uh, available to him uh tyrus maxi by the way has also played well for yep. the uh, i feel like we have to shut him out we, we went through all of that um just to say that it's going to be kind of sad to not see the rising stars because uh, i think there would have been a tough time i mean the coaches would have had a tough time selecting, you know, just 12 guys from this rookie class. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, a season ago, you had the the, the great uh, sophomore class, and then this rookie class is jam-packed with uh, a lot of players that, you know, what do you do with a Peyton Pritchard, uh, who's had some moments, yep. but kind of cooled off. Um, you know, what do you do with uh, a Josh Green, who's just playing solid minutes for um, the, the, uh, the Dallas Mavericks? So, Different guys there, Cole Anthony, as you mentioned. I think people were down on him because of the 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 not the, I don't want to say poor, but um, you know, not newsworthy college career he had, and you know, falls to fifteen. But he's playing well for Orlando and starting to show that he is a a, a pro and can can contribute. So uh, it's going to be sad not to see the uh, the Rising Stars game this year, but uh, hopefully next season some of these guys can get selected to the uh, to the Rising Stars Challenge. Um, when we do get back to some sort of normalcy. Um, all right, quickly before we end, uh, there in, in the report of there being an all-star game, there's also going to be a slam dunk contest and a three-point contest on the same night, which is interesting. Um, so I'm throwing it out there. One player, who do you want to see in the slam dunk contest this year? Can I just pick anyone? Yeah, go for it. I mean, it's, it's Zach Levine. It's hmm. Zach Levine. He's, he's one of the greatest um, slam dunk contests contestants of all time i i will never get uh bored of watching him do the things that he does in a slam dunk contest so i i don't think he's going to participate in it uh, maybe he does maybe maybe he doesn't but uh zach levine is just one of the greatest dunkers of all time so anytime there's this discussion i'm, I'm going to bring him up Derek jones jr is always going to be the answer for me uh no he's not completely healthy right now but uh he he is you know must watch 
TV, I think, I feel like when uh, whenever you get an opportunity to see him, you know, sky. Uh, so hopefully he gets back healthy and hopefully he can uh, he can participate in the slam dunk contest if it's available for him. Um, three point contest. Who do you got? I was going to say Steph Curry, but that, that feels boring now that I'm thinking about it just because <laughs> it's, it's too obvious. And my Zach Levine pick was too obvious. I'm going to go Fred Van Vliet. Uh, he's, okay. he's having a great year. He's improved basically every single season of his career. Now he's among the league leaders in three-point shooting. He's made the 11th most threes this season, shooting 35%. It feels like every kind of every season he, he kind of improves as a pull-up shooter. But um, I like to reward the you know the, the the guys who went undrafted and kind of worked their way up. So And I don't think he's ever participated in the three-point shooter. I could be wrong, but I don't think he has. I don't and think so either. It always feels, I don't think he is. Yeah. And it always feels like the Raptors are disrespected when it comes to things like this. So so let, let, let's get a Raptor in there because it doesn't they might not get an all-star this year at this rate. No, they probably won't. Uh speaking of disrespect, this guy got disrespected all through the bubble. And I think it's time for him to redeem himself, especially because the one time that he was in the three-point contest, he absolutely embarrassed himself. Let him get back in there and redeem himself. I'm talking about Paul George. Uh, Paul George is not known as a three-point quote-unquote shooter. He's more of a streaky guy. But he's, uh, I think he's in the top 10 for three-point uh, field goals made this season. He he's is. shooting over 40%. Uh, working on the 50-40-90 is part of uh, a lot of the Clippers that are doing that. This is the best shooting stretch in his career, right? Like, I don't think he's had a better stretch for shooting the ball like this. It would be nice to get Paul George in there. The narrative of, of him hitting or the shot that we saw him hit the side of the backboard in the bubble that people kind of always replay as part of them losing that 3-1 series lead. Let him let him shed all of that and, 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 and get an opportunity to win a contest that is dedicated to shooting and at least have that bragging right for one year. Hey, uh, one shout out to Joe Harris, by the way, because I know he's been in this competition before. He's won it. He's long been one of the most accurate three-point shooters. But one of the things with him this season is that his volume has just skyrocketed. Uh, mm. Since since they got James Harden, he's averaging 8.3 three-point attempts per game, which is, I think, almost double what his career high is in a single season. And he's shooting 48%, so just under 50%. So he, he's been shooting the lights out since they made that trade. He is a, a very key piece of what they're doing. And as I said, he's already won the competition, but he's shooting so well this season that it just feels like a no brain to have him a part of it this is to tell you that uh this is a stat that's going to tell you that the nba has changed dramatically uh over the last couple of years and and really through my lifetime joe harris is averaging what eight eight point three you said since james harden james harden has arrived mm -hmm. uh attempts per game he's only taken the 12th most three-pointers in the league this season even at that volume he's he's 12th right now 151 <laughs> attempts and he's still 12th in the league uh behind malik Beasley, tim hardaway donovan mitchell has been getting him up jordan clarkson has been getting him up zach levine duncan robinson fred van vliet as you mentioned Devonte graham uh lillard hale and curry 12th in the league behind those guys and guess who's 13th behind him I mean, I, I'm going to cheat because I have the list right in front of me. So it, it's it's LeBron James who's having LeBron a James. <laughs> LeBron James, who, who who people said couldn't shoot when he came into the league, is now you know in the conversation with guys like Joe Harris, who is an absolute marksman from deep. It's unbelievable. And it is unbelievable. And the crazy thing about LeBron too is that. I, I'm pulling up the numbers right now, but I think like a third of his shot attempts have been pull-up threes, which is just a ridiculously high rate. Um, 
sorry, it, it's it's twenty percent, twenty point six percent of his three point of his field goal attempts have been pull up threes, and he's making just under forty four percent of those, which is just, yeah. I mean, that's that's Steph Curry level, that's Damian Lillard level, that's just one of the best off the dribble shooters in the NBA. So if he can continue that, because he's never kind of reached that level of volume and efficiency on those shots, there's just no guarding him. If if he's gonna make that shot, you might as well just give up because you have no chance. Yeah, speaking of guys, he needs to get his free, uh, his foul shooting uh, percentage up. But he, if he was uh, a better foul shooter, he'd be in the conversation for the 50-40-90 award that we, we might be handing out to a couple guys uh, yeah. this season. Um, reminder, if you haven't already subscribed to NBA League Pass, now is the time to do it. As we talked about, Scott and I are both League Pass junkies. I mean, we're looking at, you know, last night there was 10 games. You know, Wednesday is going to be another 10, 10 game night. Those nights are so fun on League Pass. You, mm-hmm. you don't have to watch a commercial break ever if you have NBA League Pass. You just kind of flip the channel and find another game that's in action. I, I really call it court surfing. Forget channel surfing. It's really court surfing. It, 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 it's it is. special uh, to have NBA League Pass, and, and I'm uh, grateful that we have the opportunity to catch every game from every market in the entire NBA. Uh, Scott, it's been fun. Our we did, I thought we were going to argue a lot more about our uh, all-star <laughs> starters, but uh, really only came down to Curry and Luka, and that's at the end of the day, I'm, I'm arguing against one of the uh, one of my favorite players in the NBA, and I think for you too. So it, it wasn't uh, as... I guess contagious is is I, I thought we were I thought we would have turned into Lowry versus uh, Aaron Gordon, Aaron but Gordon. It, didn't, it didn't work out that way. I, I think way. I think that, that it might work out that way when we do the reserves. That's that's going to be tough. So so maybe next week, a couple weeks or whatever. I think the reserves are going to be more contested. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot of players that that, that really and truly deserve to be all stars this season. Uh, for Scott Rafferty, I'm Carlin Gay, reminding you to stay safe out there. Keep it locked right here to the NBA Global Networks, 3 p.m. every Tuesday. It is NBA Sound System. It is L-I-V-E Live, and we will see you next week. <laughs>